1: Uh, and then it's all part of the process, still coming along, still have work to do. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. Tonight, you'll find out how the Browns are preparing for the season at team headquarters in Berea. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Zagura and
0: Gerard Cherry. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network, Nathan Zagura, and the three-time, three-time, three-time Super Bowl champion, Gerard Cherry, coming up on the show tonight. We're going to break down the initial 53-man roster of the Cleveland Browns. You will hear my exclusive one-on-one with Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski after this initial 53 roster was produced, and you'll also get to hear my exclusive one-on-one interview with Marquise Goodwin and and we are so happy he is back with the Cleveland Browns. But, Gerard, let's start with this, the 53-man roster. Just initial reaction, your initial thoughts on the Browns' initial 53.
2: Well, the initial thought is this is a good roster, if not the best one we've seen since 99. You'd have a hard time oh, yeah. arguing with that, and I would love people to stake a claim against it. So right there, and we knew going into the preseason and training camp mode, Nathan, that it was going to be very hard. For some guys to make this squad. And every year there are pleasant surprises. And the pleasant surprises are Hickman. The pleasant surprise is Diabate. These guys are what you anticipated making this roster when it all started. But to their credit, where they find themselves on the 53 man roster. So right there on the defensive side of the ball, I'm very impressed. And then you think about Jones and what that represents and what he did through the course of training camp. And then the DTR now being designated as the number two quarterback. And that's just the guys who have limited to no experience. Now let's get into the veterans. You look at what we have as far as the starters are concerned, and you walk away from it saying, you know what? We got a for real ball club.
0: Oh, You're exactly right about that. The Browns, again, will stress initial 53, and I'll tell you why. In a second edition, the fact they can make waiver claims, which we'll find out about 12 p.m. tomorrow, there will be. Then the practice squad will be formed after that around 1 o'clock tomorrow. You know, there are two guys on this roster that are injured and likely to be going to IR tomorrow, and that will free up two spots. So here's your initial 53. Two quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson and Dorian Thompson. Robinson, your three running backs are Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, and the newly acquired Pierre Strong, acquired in the trade with the New England Patriots, and sent Tyrone Wheatley, the Browns tackle, to New England in exchange for Strong, who was their fourth-round pick one year ago. Six wide receivers for the Browns, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore. Cedric Tillman, Marquise Goodwin, and David Bell. Three tight ends, the Chief David Njoku, Jordan Chief. Aikens, and Harrison Bryant. And then you've got nine on the offensive line. You've got your starters, as we know, Wills, Batonio, Posick, Teller, Conklin. The two backup tackles, James Hudson and Dewan Jones, who you referenced there, Gerard. And then two centers, Nick Harrison, Luke Whipler. No guards are there right now, and when you do those numbers and add them all up, that's 23 on the offensive side, and typically teams are in the 25-25 or 24-26 out of the 50 non-specialists, 23-27 for now. So let's just stay on the offensive side of the ball. Any surprises to you there? What did you think of, of what it looks right now offensively?
2: I would like, I thought Watkins had a slim shot but for receiver, but we also know that it can't just be receiver. He has to also play special yep. teams as well, and that probably was a determining factor because it's going to be hard to even get a ball thrown your way as a receiver when you think sure. about Coop, when you think about Moore, you think about DPJ as well as the Chief as far as those guys getting the lion's share of the passes thrown their way. So out of all – and then Goodwin makes sense to me because we still have to have what? That guy who's the deep threat. And historically speaking, he's been nothing but that through the course oh, yeah. of a 10-year career. So you can trust that and bank on that and believe in that. And then Bell, he's done nothing wrong. What he obviously has to do is continue to progress and play the game and improve year after year after year to be viable and to have opportunities to move up on the depth chart. But when I look at the offensive side of the ball, it all makes sense to me, Nate. And also the fact that you kept two three centers because both those guys will post if Gad Press could move to being a guard. And we know that Winler could play the guard as well. Yeah,
0: so you've got a couple of guards there. Remember, I said that there are some guys on the defensive side to go to IR. So Michael Dunn, who I think was probably one of the surprise mm-hmm. cuts You know, but the Browns feel like Ethan Posick can play guard. You mentioned, you know, Whippler can play guard. Harris can play guard. They have James Hudson some reps at guard as well. And that kind of hinted that they were going to go into this initially without a guard. Now, that could change tomorrow when they make those moves to the injured reserve. But at the same time, they may think we can get a couple of those guards on our practice squad and then we are good to go at that position. You flip now to the defensive side 27 on the defensive side. That number likely to go down, I would think, by one uh, when we get through all of this. But right now, five defensive. Defensive ends Miles Garrett, Zadari Smith, Obo Okoronkwo, Isaiah McGuire, and Alex Wright. Wright battling a knee injury and is a candidate to go on the IR, which would cost him the first four games of the season. In the defensive tackle room, the Browns kept only four. They kept Dalvin Tomlinson, Shelby Harris, Siaki Ika, and Jordan Elliott. Maurice Hurst, a surprise there, but Mm. I would keep an eye on Maurice Hurst coming back as a veteran. Remember, if the Browns cut players who are on their rookie contracts or not vested veterans, they have to go through the waiver process. With a veteran like a Maurice Hurst, like a Michael Dunn, you can say, look, we're carrying two guys on the IR. We're going to cut them. Come back to us. You're on our 53. So I imagine with one or both of those guys, that will ultimately be the case there. The Browns with seven linebackers on the initial 53. That number will drop to six when Jordan Kunashik goes on injured reserve. Joining him, Matthew Adams, Tony Fields. You mentioned Mahmoud Diabate, the undrafted free agent out of Utah. And then you've got Anthony Walker, Sione Takitaki, and J.O.K. Those are your linebackers. Six corners as well for the Browns. Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, M.J. Emerson, A.J. Green, Cam Mitchell, and then Mike Ford made it because of his special team's prowess. And then the five safeties, Ronnie Hickman joining D'Anthony Bell, Juan Thornhill, Grant Delpit, and Rodney McLeod. And so that is your roster. Now, Kunashik is going to go on IR. I think Alex Wright's going to go on IR as well. So those would be two spots that open up. I would imagine one goes to Maurice Hurst if he wants to come back, and then the other I think goes on the offensive side of the ball, Gerard, and it could be a guard, or I think there's a potential that they could add a veteran running back. What would you think about the Browns? adding a veteran running back to the young guys, Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong, because outside of
2: Nick Chubb, nobody on this roster has more than 10 carries in their NFL career. I would not be opposed to that whatsoever because it makes all the sense in the world. We're in a situation, yes, young guys show promise and talent, but we also need dependability. Now, does that mean a veteran can not fumble? Of course not. Veterans fumble. Veterans make mistakes. But you'd rather have a guy that's been in the league at least three-plus years toting a rock and backing up Nick Chubb and just in case something does go awry. So I definitely see a situation where we could acquire another running back. But the interesting thing about that, Nathan, is is that we've been so conditioned now to put no value on running backs that people will think, okay, uh, we can get away with it, but you really can't. Nick Chubb cannot do it all by himself. But obviously we're hoping that Ford... And Pierre will come through and hold up their end of the bargain, but I will not be surprised if we ventured out and got a veteran running back. Yeah, they're very high on Jerome Ford, and you'll hear Kevin Safansky talk about
0: that in a few seconds, and they like what they got in Pierre Strong, a guy who has real home run ability, 4 three, forty was uber productive at South Dakota State, and then his rookie are only 10 carries for the Patriots, but they went for 100 yards and a touchdown, so That's pretty good. That's a good place to start from, obviously, as a running back. So that's the roster right now. We talked about it. We talked about the fact that there will be guys going on IR. And then there's always the possibility. Andrew Barry, relentless in his pursuit of improving the roster, that if they think someone who was cut somewhere else can improve this team, there could be some turn. But gone are the days where the Browns are going to make five waiver claims. There may be one, maybe two at mm-hmm. the most. So this roster pretty much set, but still some moves to go, obviously, when it goes. But I think the two things you can expect, Kunashik for sure on IR, Alex Wright likely on IR, and then the Browns being able to use those two spots To get two people back onto this fifty-three, and then we'll get the formation of that practice squad. Uh, What is there anybody that you thought was going to make it that didn't? You mentioned Austin Watkins, and obviously, you know, competing with David Bell for that final receiver spot. And I think they're going to give a third-round pick who's done it, you know, at least collegiately against high-level competition at a very high level. He's going to get the nod. But anybody else that you were surprised that
2: didn't make it? Yeah, I would go with Maurice Hurst. I felt yep. that he was impactful throughout training camp and in the preseason games, making plays and having a high level of production and really holding down that defensive line in the in, in the middle and giving the linebackers a lot of room to operate as well as causing havoc by putting pressure on the quarterback as well from the D tackle spot. So that was a surprise, but how you just broke it down with the possibility of him saying, Yeah, have the ability back. to say, hey, I'm gonna come back, we're gonna put this guy on IR. That's a possibility, so we'll see if he signs up for that. And if that is the case, that will be great because I thought he did a fantastic job for us. But the other thing, too, Nathan, I want to comment about this roster is that this we haven't seen this in the past, and I think this is a great thing. We're also seeing guys that are here because they have a great special team prowess. Yep. You have to put emphasis on that phase. You just can't throw guys out there. You need to have some core special team cover guys and and punt return guys and kickoff return guys that are part of that core, just to lead this down the road so that you can have a serious unit. Because if you don't do that and guys just kind of figure like, oh, this is something I have to do to buy time until I play and get some starting time, then you're mistaken. Because we've seen games we lost because, simply put, guys didn't put enough emphasis and heart and effort into playing on special teams.
0: No, you're right. That's why Matthew Adams, when Bubba Ventrone was named special teams coordinator, the two first moves they made were Matthew Adams and Mike Ford. And those were guys that Bubba had identified as being excellent core special teams players. And so that's important. And speaking of special teams, we haven't talked about it yet, but probably the biggest move on this 53, Cade York released. And the fact that the Browns went out, traded a seventh-round pick, got the kicker they wanted. This is who they thought was the best kicker of all the potentially available kickers, Dustin Hopkins from the Chargers for a seventh-round pick in 2025. So we know who's going to be kicking now. We still don't know really the return game, but you've got some candidates. Obviously, Jerome Ford and Donovan Peoples-Jones did it for you a year ago, and the Browns could certainly go back down that path with Jakeem Grant's injury. But let's go to the kicking situation. Take me through everything. You were on the sidelines in Kansas City. Did you get a read on you know, what people may have been thinking as that game unfolded and Cade York misses the initial extra point, gets the last kick blocked, had made a kick a couple minutes before that? What were you kind of thinking in
2: Kansas City about Cade York? Well, initially what I was thinking was when he missed the extra point, that made it crystal clear that you had to do something, that you can't take the chance of bringing someone – who's erratic, into the fold for the upcoming season because the games are just too close and those points are so valuable. So that right there made it a no-brainer for me that, okay, you have to bring someone in with the hope of rooting for K's success and wanting him to succeed. But when you miss an extra point, Nathan, that's supposed to be the chip shot. That's supposed to be a gimme. That's supposed to be a no-brainer. And when it's not the case and that becomes a difficult for you to make, then you have major problems on top of the other problems that were ensuing throughout the course of preseason games. But the other part of it, too, though, was, and I'll give props to his teammates, dudes weren't discouraging towards him. Dudes weren't pointing fingers at him. His teammates weren't cursing at him or yelling at him. And granted, you can say, well, it's just a preseason game. But guys were supportive. The coaching staff was supportive. The front office was supportive. All the people involved in making this decision and being his teammates as well were supportive. So it's not a situation where he got a raw deal or people were being discouraging to them, they were ultra supportive. And I observe and watch that type of stuff to see people's body language and how they interact with their teammates. And I saw nothing of a sign of disrespect or discouragement. No, I I
0: think that that everybody wanted it to work out. It didn't. It felt like it was just absolutely one of those situations where it became untenable. And so that is – unfortunately, where it went. And so the Browns go out, they get Dustin Hopkins. He is a veteran. He is somebody over the last two years made about 90% of his kicks. He is automatic inside of 40 yards, like just straight up automatic, good from 40 to 49 as well. Uh, Not a whole lot of kicks over 50 yards the last couple of seasons, but for his career, an 85% kicker. He's the number 11. He has the 11th best active field goal percentage in the NFL, 20th best in league history. And so the Browns kind of realized, right, too much, too much at stake to go into this season under these auspices, right? Like, mm-hmm. they felt that they had to have a kicker that they could count on, a veteran who has done it, kicked, you know, for a playoff team with the Chargers previously. This is some – I think they just felt like this was a necessary move, and the, t- the door is open for Cade York to come back on the practice squad. I'll be curious to see if he gets claimed somewhere else because he is talented. He's just in a slump.
2: Yeah, he's certainly in a slump, but the other part of it, too, Nathan – It also is a message to the locker room that, hey, we're about winning now. To the fan base, we're about getting the job done. It's not tomorrow. We're not in developmental mode. Now, some guys, yes, you can still put in a sense, you can hide guys in the back part of the roster as a fifth or sixth receiver or cornerback, and they get some sparing time, and hopefully when they get in they don't screw things up and they still make plays. But you can't hide a kicker. You have to make those kicks, and if you're not making them, and to their credit, I'll say this again: most guys don't get a second opportunity in a season in which they, if they led the league and misses, it just doesn't yep. happen. So, right there is just a sign of support. But the fact that it was not able to get done in that game and the way it came down with the two missed kicks, it's unfortunate, but uh, um, it is a part of business. And this part, this day, Nathan in particular, I hate it. I've I've experienced it. I've seen teammates yeah. cut. I've been cut. I know how it feels. It's not a pleasant thing to deal with. But I can also say this. When you are going through this, the worst thing that you can do is get yourself down and quit on yourself. Figure it out. Keep working. Keep grinding. And when that opportunity presents itself, be it on practice squad or somewhere else, take full-fledged advantage of it. And if you had an issue where it was, fearing a failure, and that's why you're missing kicks, or that's why you're not playing to do your full capability, get over it because you've had the rock bottom. You can't go any lower than that. You're right, and
0: I think, you know, for Cade, you certainly wish him the best of luck. You mentioned you've gone through this in the past. You know kind of how this day is. How much different is it now, though, Gerard, that you have these 16-man practice squads? Veterans are eligible to be on them. You know, how much different do you think it would have been for, you know, for you or for other players at that time where, you know, as long as you made a good, positive impression, you had a very good chance to stay on the practice squad and then even be
2: active on a game day? Oh, that's a huge difference. How many jobs out there a guy can make ten dollars to $15,000 a week being on the practice squad? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or being on the practice or making that type of money. So there are plenty of veterans who are in that middle stage of their career who be like, you know what? If it has to be just being on the practice squad and buying my time and, being on, and doing the scout team stuff until things clear up and open up, maybe a position on special teams or someone gets injured on defense and I've been working hard, then I'll take that. Because when I was playing, it was like, okay, um – until someone gets hurt maybe week four or five, you might not see a guy to week 12. Right. right. And that's it's how it
0: used to be. Right. It's a much nicer way you're, you're able to get paid, as you said, stay in football shape, be right. practicing. And stay a part of the team. Stay a part of the team. Stay with the guys. So, yeah, I think that's a good thing. And I think a lot of the names that were cut today – you know, we'll be back on the Browns practice squad. That's kind of the trend in the league too, is that it's not often you end up taking somebody from somebody else's team. It's typically guys go back to the team they were with in the season because they know the system and they're able to acclimate and, and get after it right away. All right, Browns fans, get into Cleveland Browns Stadium quicker on game day with express access presented by Verizon. Enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate. Go to the tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. When we come back, My exclusive one-on-one with Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski. You're listening to The Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
3: For me, I'm just trying to make the right decision for each of our players. This is the Coach Kevin
1: Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski show all along the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network joined now by the head coach of your Cleveland Browns Kevin Stefanski and coach obviously today the day that you trim the roster down to 53 some tough decisions take me kind of through that process how did we get there because the numbers, and I know these won't be the final ones, but 23-27 split offense-defense, a little unorthodox. I know that's going to normalize over the next couple of days, but how did we get to this point?
3: Yeah, it's really interesting. You have roster discussions going all the way back to May, and you try to predict it, and you try to look at where this thing might land, and then certainly injuries play a, a part in it. So you have to be really, really flexible as you put this thing together, and I thought Andrew and, and the crew and the coaches, everybody did a great job of communicating uh, throughout this process, and uh, like you mentioned, there's some tough decisions you have to make. That, that's, that's life in the big city when it comes to cutting a roster down to 53. So uh, that's the, the personal side I think that a lot of fans don't see is, is these young men are, that are trying to make a 53 and are, are ultimately disappointed. But uh, hopefully we get a lot of guys back on the practice squad. Hopefully some of these guys get opportunities on 53s, uh, and then we'll root for them uh, you know, to, to succeed. But uh, it's definitely it's, it's a strange day because on one hand you're very excited, on the other hand you're disappointed for some guys.
0: Yeah. Two quarterbacks, Sean Watson, Dorian Thompson Robinson, you talked about earlier today in your press conference, you'll be bringing in a third quarterback likely on the practice squad there, three running backs and one of them just got here today. Your first look at Pierre Strong acquired from New England. What did you like about him?
3: Yeah, you know, when he was becoming available, uh, and through the draft process getting to know him, uh, he's a, a good size back has legit speed. Uh, can, can catch the ball out of the backfield, has had some really good moments in, in, in season. Uh, and then special teams. Uh, he provides special teams value, which you're always looking for uh, in some of your backups. So the third runner to be able to provide special teams value is a big deal. Wide
0: receiver room, you get Marquise Goodwin back. I mean,
3: I, can't, I love the guy. I, I have
0: only gotten to know him out here and just watching him be everywhere with this team, so invested and to get that good news and that green light. Awesome for him. And I think also awesome for us.
3: Yeah, I also love the guy. Uh, He's just, and and I say that, like, uh, he is a great person. Uh, His family's unbelievable. When he came in on his visit, uh, got to visit with his wife and his kids, I mean, just an amazing person, uh, just he's wired the right way. So to see him go through what he went through, uh, which is not easy, uh, the mental stress that that plays on you when you're not sure if you're going to be able to play again, and then to get the news that he can come back and and watching him work at it, uh, I, I can't stress to you how rare it is to have a guy who's not playing be as invested as he was throughout this entire process. I uh, just think about every meeting, uh, every walkthrough, every practice. The guy is like he's practicing, like he's locked in, like he's gonna get the next rep, cheering on his teammates. Uh, that That is not usual, that's, that's very, very, very rare. So uh, he's a guy that we're all rooting for just because of the work that he's put in.
0: And you said earlier week one is, is possible.
3: It is. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, I think we got to always make uh, the right decision with each player and take everything that we know into account when we make those decisions. But yes, it's possible.
0: All right, nine offensive linemen on the surface, not unusual. Two guards in traditional guard sense, and I think you probably think there's some versatility with guys like Ethan Posig, Nick and perhaps Luke Whippler even. But is that room settled as you see it, or will that be something to watch in the next couple of days?
3: Yeah, honestly, the whole roster is always something to watch. Uh, when you talk about the 53, it's it's never the final 53 sure. on, on this Tuesday. So, yeah, it's definitely something to, to, to watch. And, and that's why versatility and the ability to play different positions is important. You mentioned Luke. We've worked him in different spots. Uh, we've worked all, really a lot of our guys into spots that are not their natural position that they've played uh, a lot in. But in the NFL, when you want to keep – uh, the, the right guys you got to be able to pivot and let guys play some positions maybe that they haven't played a ton of all
0: right two guys on the defense uh, who are currently injured Jordan Kunashik, Alex Wright so obviously we'll probably see some change on that side of things a lot of emphasis clearly on special teams with Matt Adams Mike Ford and some of the linebackers that you kept there what do you think of kind of that group that you have right now on defense and obviously the ability of young guys Ronnie Hickman and and Mahmoud Diabadi to go out and make this football team
3: yeah excited about some of these young guys uh, and and the they've worked. They've just put in the work. They, they earned it. Uh, I told the team after practice, uh, you know, they should be very, very proud to make a 53 in the NFL. It's not easy. It's hard. Uh, so for a young guy undrafted to make a football team, they've done something right. And I think you go back to Ronnie and, and Mamu just plays that they made in these games. Their ability to play special teams is huge. Uh, I tell these rookies when they show up on campus, they better get to know Bubba Ventron get his number, find out what his favorite movie is. I mean, what's his favorite color? You should be spending as much time with Bubba as you can, because that is a pathway to this roster. And I think both those guys uh, put a lot of work in, in that area as well.
0: All right, speaking of special teams, thought maybe we didn't know what was going to happen to Kicker. The decision's been made. You trade for Dustin Hopkins. Cade unfortunately released, and maybe hopefully he'll be back here. But what was it about Dustin Hopkins that you guys liked?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, credit to Andrew and the, and the staff in, in looking at guys that maybe become available. And as you know, in, in this time of year, you're looking at guys that may be cut, guys that you may have to go trade for. Uh, we felt Dustin was was the best available guy. And I, I think the ability to go land him like we did, uh, he's a veteran, a guy that's played in big, kicked in big games, um, excited to add him to the, to the roster. All
0: right. The tragedy of Kansas City, Jakeem Grant, first play, just gut-wrenching knowing what he's the work he's put in to get back out there his very first play he's out for the season and one can you just share us anything how he's doing emotionally mentally because obviously it's got to be so tough and then on the other side what does that mean for the return game
3: yeah and you know (laughs) so you talk about the players that the amount of work that goes into this and then you think about guys that are coming off of injury and jakeem I'm telling you, the kid has lived in this building and in the training room, in the weight room to get ready for this opportunity. So your heart just aches for him. It just, he uh, he put so much into it and for it to happen how it did on the first play, it's just so, so unfortunate. Having said that, he has the right makeup. He is so, uh, so strong um, in in how he's come back from injury before. And I've told him this, and I told him this after the game, and it's a true testament to his teammates about how how mentally tough he is. So I feel horrible uh, for him. Um, but I also know what he's made of, and I know he'll bounce back. Uh, what it means for the return game, we'll, we'll work through it. Uh, obviously, Jerome Ford is a guy that has returned for us previously. We have faith in, in Jerome. If, if it ends up being Jerome, we have other guys on our roster that can do it. So it's it's all conversations that we're having right now.
0: Harrison Bryant back at practice for the first time. Jerome Ford was back at practice for the first time. What was it like to see those guys back there along with Marquise?
3: Yeah, I, I thought they all looked really, really good to me. Uh, I think all of them have stayed in great shape. Harry looks really good. He's, uh, as, as always. He's, he's where he's supposed to be. Uh, he hasn't missed a beat when it comes to the mental aspect of this game. So great to see 88 out there. Great to see Marquise like we talked about. And then Jerome uh, has really progressed really well. Uh, he's had a very, very, very good spring and summer. Uh, the injury was disappointing in, in terms of he wasn't able to play in these games. But he's been a very, very strong performer going all the way back to the spring.
0: Is there any party that's a little concerned that you've got, you know, outside of Nick Chubb, the most attempts in the National Football League in your running back room is 10, which would be Pierre Strong?
3: Yeah, I mean that's the name of of young players. That's the name of the game. The guys, you know you don't have experience until you do. Uh, we we think highly of those guys. Jerome's a guy that we've spent all we've spent an entire year with. We've seen him in game. We've seen him pr- produce in the preseason last year. Uh, he spent a lot of time uh, in this offseason uh, getting to know our offense and spending extra time with the coaches. So we really do have a ton of faith in him.
0: All right, coach. No Deshaun Watson. No Elijah. More illness. You expecting them back this week?
3: I do. Yeah, I do.
0: And then how are things trending with Denzel or too early to say?
3: I think it's, wait, it's always too early to say when it comes to a concussion. You, you just have to follow a protocol, uh, stay true to that, uh, and that's what we'll do.
0: Coach, thanks so much for the time. Excited to see you get this team ready for week one against the
3: Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, sir. We're looking forward to it. Thanks, Nathan. All right, we'll be back
0: with more of the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
3: I feel like I have people in the building that can tell me the truth. And I think that's really important because I don't want this to be a place where I don't get the truth from our guys.
1: This is the coach Kevin Stefanski show. You're listening to the university hospitals, Cleveland Browns radio network. Welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski show all along the
0: university hospitals, Cleveland Browns radio network. And I can't tell you how happy I am to be talking with our next guest, Browns wide receiver, Marquise Goodwin, Marquise. So happy that this has worked out for you that you're going to get this chance to play the game that you love and as a member of the Cleveland Browns. But what's this what's this journey been like for you over the last few months to the point where you get the news that, yes, you are cleared
4: to return? It's been a challenging journey. I ain't gonna lie. Um, I'm just honored that I got enough grace from God to be able to step out on the field again. He chose me for another year, Kevin. The staff, they chose me to be on this team because they saw that I could play, a, play some type of role. So I'm just, I'm honored, I'm grateful, I'm ready to go, man.
0: And we are ready to see you go. But kind of over the last few months, you've become, since you've come here, one of the most popular guys. And that was with, not even since we went to training camp, not even being able to play. Just being around to the way that you've mentored the young guys every day. Always positive. Bring in the juice it's unbelievable it's very unique you know that the way you are you are a unique human being and i mean that in the most complimentary way possible but what was it like kind of being so close not being able to do it but then still what what inside of you made you keep that positivity that smile that made everybody here love you
4: man the grace from god man honestly god filled me with a spirit man that won't be denied man and just overcome with a lot of joy by you know, the, the position he's put me in. To be out there and just to be present has been a true gift for me. And I can't do nothing but give that back to other people. So uh, I credit that to my faith. I credit that to my teammates receiving me and, uh, and allowing me to be who I am. And I credit my coaches for allowing me to have this type of attitude and this type of personality and to bring whatever I can to this team and help us win.
0: I'm going to credit you, because you're an awesome dude. I'm just to, there's a lot of it that comes from right inside of you, which is spectacular. How did it feel to get out there and practice today? First time in a, in a, in a while. Ooh-wee.
4: I can't tell you how good it felt, man. Uh, I got chills right now, because I just sat back and watched. And I was itching to get out there. And I was trying to get out there. I was trying to get out there and just catch any ball that I could almost went out there and start playing center just so I could touch the ball, you know what I'm saying? But no physical contact. Uh, It felt good to finally catch a ball from uh, a quarterback instead of a jug machine or, you know, my wife at home. So uh, I'm grateful that, um, you know, I had that opportunity today for sure.
0: It's awesome, and we certainly can't wait to see this as you kind of come back to it you were able to keep yourself in good condition. I know they say there's football shape and then there's, you know, good condition, but do you feel like you're going to be ready to go as soon as the Browns need you?
4: I'm going to be ready to go whenever I have to be, even if I ain't ready. That's one of the things about me is I'm always preparing. You know, I was preparing before I was supposed to be ready. Matter of fact, I came out the womb before I was ready. I'm two months premature. So I've always been ready before my time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we love that. Uh, as you think about kind of, you know, you got to watch this team. It's one thing to go in and be, but you actually got to stand back and observe. And so you came here and I remember you did an interview. I want to say with NFL network kind of right at the end of OTAs and minicamp. And you talked about what you were brought to this team to do to help this team win, and then how talented this team was. And even since then they've made some moves, Zaria Smith, all of the things you've gotten to see this team now in a way that not many players do because you just, you've been observing it. Right. How excited are you to be a part of it? And, and does this team have everything in your mind it needs? to do great things.
4: What we have is what we got, and that's all we need. And I'm excited to be a part of this journey with this team.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun, isn't it?
4: It's going to be more than fun. It's going to be more than fun, and I can't wait.
0: I think everybody who is a fan of the Browns has been rooting for you. I'm sure you felt that out here. You even at train camp were out there. You're the last person out there, your family out there every day with the fans every single day. Have you felt kind of that love, not just from your teammates, not from the coaches you talked about, but also just from this Browns community at large, even though you've never, you have not yet played a snap for the Cleveland Browns and yet you could feel that love.
4: Man, I feel the love from this community for sure. Like I just went to Barbarino's yesterday and the owner sat down and talked to me for like 20 minutes, you know, and I'm just grateful that I have a community that has embraced me and my family the way that they have. Um, this, this Browns organization, my teammates, everybody has just showed love, nothing but love, and I ain't even played a snap yet. So I can't wait till I catch a deep pass and, and score a touchdown. Then, you know, I, the love is just going to continue to elevate, and I can't wait for that experience too.
0: Did you tell the DBs get ready?
4: I ain't got to tell them nothing. If they watch film, then they already know what's up. <laughs>
0: All right, one of my favorite things about you, one of my favorite memories was, I don't know if you remember kind of early, maybe it was late in, in mini camp, and they were doing like an opportunity period after a practice one day, or maybe it was late in the OTAs, and you were out there just giving somebody the business, talking up your receivers and giving the corners the business. Have you been able to elevate anybody else's trash talk game? Because you're, you're firing at a very high level.
4: I rate myself at A-plus trash talker.
0: who else is good who else is there anybody you've seen on this team that can get into your stratosphere if you're one is there a
4: 1a i mean if if i'm one then i gotta be 1a also and b okay Um, is there a two it's really never a two because nobody remembers the number two right so it's only one so i gotta be at the top you know i'm competitive in everything i love it you know what i'm saying no but uh i do it really um i've i had a chance to spend some time with some of the greats at the Olympic Games in 2012, and Kobe um, Bean, as he uh, introduced himself to me, rest in peace, uh, he told me that trash talking was a way that he elevated his teammates' game. And so I kind of tried to implement that into my, my style of play and how I motivate guys. And then, you know, when I'm in the locker room, it's all love. Like, I just tell them, like, what I'm doing for the young guys who, so they don't hate me because I don't want my teammates to hate me. Because I go hard, like I'm a competitor, so yeah. when I'm talking, you know, I, gotta, I go right for the jugular, you know what I'm saying? I try to get them <laughs> out that game, so by the time the game comes, they'll already be sharp. All this, the trash talk from the sidelines or the opposing team, it won't phase them at all because they done been through it. You know, you got oh, to practice, practice how you yeah. play, right? Yeah. There it is. A little Mamba mentality for you. A lot of Mamba mentality for me, for sure.
0: I love that. Is there more trash talk that goes on in a game than people would realize?
4: It probably is, and that's why I'm never mic'd up because people think I'm a nice, wholesome dude, and uh, I anymore. think it, it should be that way. You know what I'm saying? So y'all don't need to hear me on the field, for real. But, uh, yeah, I get personal. <laughs> I, Googles, I Google stuff. I'm going to tell you, your girl, you, all that. We're going to get dirty because I want you to play the worst you can possibly play.
0: All right, is there a time that you can remember – where you dropped something on somebody that you had Googled where you could tell they were shook, and then you just blew right by them for, for a big play?
4: Oh, it happens all the time. <laughs> it happens all the time. Look at uh, Kansas City Chiefs, I think, 2015. I forgot the DB's name. But, yeah, I went real hard on them, talking to them before the play. And then I scored, like, a 48-yard touchdown. Just dagger to the heart. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> was he like man come on he ain't say nothing he's, he's doing more than that his job was done he had to sit down the rest of the day <laughs>
0: that's an unbelievable story marquise again so happy you're back i can out i'm gonna be watching now when i'm up in the booth i'm gonna be watching to see if i see your head bobbing a little bit before a snap
4: i gotta say i never start anything i only do that just to be prepared for if somebody coming at me crazy if you chuck me at the end of a play or like, try to do something dirty, then you, you turn on the switch. Otherwise, I'm just playing hard. I'm playing clean, no talking. It's just, you know what I'm saying, playing hard. But once you, you strike that match, say poke the bear. Oh, you poke the bear. <laughs> I'm ready to bite. <laughs> Marquise,
0: I can't wait to see you out there. What a great story. We're so happy for you and feel so fortunate that you're a member of the Cleveland Browns. So congrats. Welcome back. And let's go. Let's go. All right, we'll be back with more of the Kevin Stefanski Show all along. The University Hospital's Cleveland Browns
3: Radio Network. I feel like I have people in the building that can tell me the truth. And I think that's really important because I don't want this to be a place where I don't get the truth from our guys. This is the
1: Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry.
0: Browns fans, you want to experience the 2023 Browns season in some of the best seats in Cleveland Browns Stadium, visit lecomedu slash browns for your chance to win two field seats for the entire 2023 season, courtesy of the Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. Sweepstakes ends August the 30th. Gerard, before we go around the league, Marquise Goodwin's back. I, what a... Just an unbelievable guy. It was great talking to him. His story of hitting that touchdown on the corner that he was able to distract with some high-level, uh, highly-researched trash talk was unbelievable to me. Have you ever experienced anything like that where somebody threw a trash talk at you and you're like, wait a second, how did they know that? Because he did that to a, to a guy on the Kansas City Chiefs in 2013, and then the guy was so stunned, he kind of stood still and watched Marquise go run right by him for a 58-yard touchdown.
2: No, nah, no one ever got that personal with me, and and Google was not that accessible when I played as well. So, no, <laughs> <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I mean, dudes will say some sideways things to you, and there are some people who know some personal things about you because you may have played with them in college. Sure. And they pass the information on. So that does occur, no doubt about it. But, nah, man, if anything, I'm the opposite. You say something crazy about me, I'm just going to get more mad and try to do more damage to you. So that's Did funny the that shook them that bad. Did that story crack you up? Like, did oh, you see that laughing. happening? Oh, I. You guys have no clue the stuff dudes be saying on a football field. As far yeah. as just, I mean, thank God some people aren't mic'd up because you'd be like, okay, this is this is not gonna work. So I believe me, I understand some stuff is that I said is so foul and so personal that dudes want to fight after the game. Literally want to fight.
0: It's unbelievable. Uh, that's why Marquis said, I will never be mic'd up. Great interview with him. Happy to have him back. He had such a dangerous speed element to this Browns offense. All right, let's go around the league quickly. The Patriots have a one man quarterback room. No, not Tom Brady. <laughs> Mac Jones. Today. Mac Jones. They've released both Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham. They hope to get both of them back on the practice squad. I can't think of a time when a team, as their initial 53, only had one quarterback. But I'm sure it's happened before. I'm sure it has. But it is pretty. It is pretty wild. And by the way, Gerard, in New England, this is fueling rumors that Tom Brady is coming back.
2: <laughs> that is hilarious. Because one thing I can promise you, Tom is not coming back to that roster. No whatsoever. way whatsoever. No tell you way. What.
0: If I'll, you can take this to the bank. If Tom Brady plays another snap in the NFL, and I mean plays a snap in the NFL in the year 2023, there's only one team that he will be playing for, in my I bet opinion. that's the same one. And that is the San Francisco 49ers.
2: You say 49ers? I'd say Miami. That's funny you say 49ers. I think he's all about the flash, the dash, man, the skill set. But 49ers would obviously be a situation. Us growing up in the Bay Area, we recognize what that means to him because he was a 49ers. Bay Area Brady. As
0: well. Yeah. And you think about it, I mean, they're the team, you know. It's Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold right now, and like they have Debo and Ayuk and McCaffrey and Kittle. It's yeah. not like they don't have any flash yeah. and dash right true. there. True. That's and they have the defense. I mean, they have it all. To go along the NFL with it? G- yeah. yeah, he could go. Off
2: as a line. So that's yeah, true. I just it, for some reason think Miami, but you know, he right. want to come back. But uh, that was I,
0: where I, the flirtation was. That cost Miami a, a pick, a first round yeah. pick. No doubt. All right. The Colts did not find a trade partner and will place running back Jonathan Taylor on the pup list, forcing him to miss the first four weeks of the season. The situation is a debacle, and this is my stance on it. Curious, your stance. Jonathan Taylor got horrific advice from whoever is advising him. Number one, he's on his rookie contract. He has absolutely no leverage. Right. Number two, we all know what the running back market is right now. So the notion that Jonathan Taylor thought somebody was going to give up what Indianapolis valued him at and then pay him also ridiculous. Now he ends up not playing. That doesn't help anybody. I think, unfortunately, and I'm not saying that Jim Ursay is in the clear on this. I don't think he could have handled it better and maybe have a situation where he's still playing for the Colts, but the way that it went down, but I just think Jonathan Taylor's stance in the ground and, and, and his refusal to take what was offered to him at this point is going to end up costing him money, and it certainly is going to cost him time because he's not playing those first four games.
2: It certainly will, and I don't want anyone to be disingenuous, but if you're in the process of trying to negotiate with someone and win favor with them when they have all the control because you're under contract. Yes. The prudent thing to do would be to acquiesce and be favorable and kind-hearted, not yep. take this hardcore stance because what are you going to do to Jim Irsay? He's got his billions. You right. know what I mean? He's not yep. going to lose any sleep over of this. He's won his Super Bowl. So yep. this is just a bump in the road for him. And on top of that, what's his urgency for him? They're in rebuild mode. They're about to try out, out there in Richardson, a quarterback who many said was too inexperienced to be, to be out there in the first place considering what he did in college, which was limited. So you think Earth Day's in a hurry to pay you and concern about that? No, you only make these type of moves when desperation kicks in. And there's no desperation in Indy right now. So you're exactly right, Nate Dog. He completely misread the situation in the hand and got caught up in his own hype. And granted, he is a tremendous running back but you still have to understand the circumstances around you before you make moves like this. But you don't know this as a young kid, man. You learn this stuff as That's you That's why I
0: older. say he's got so – I, I, bl- I didn't yeah. blame Jonathan Taylor. I think yeah. Jonathan Taylor got bad advice from whoever is advising him. Because he listened are, to it,
2: unfortunately. I,
0: yes, absolutely, and it's sad to see. All right. Think you know the most about the – you think you know the most loyal – this is a tough read here because this, I'm going to have to ad-lib this one, folks. Uno, I don't know if this is on you. Do you think you know the most loyal Browns superfan? Be sure to nominate yourself or a friend as the Cleveland Browns fan of the year and win a VIP experience and trip to Super Bowl 57. To nominate the biggest Browns fan in your life, visit NFL.com slash fan of the year and be sure to get your entries in by October the 2nd. When we come back, final thoughts here, wrapping it up on the Kevin Stefanski show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
3: I feel like I have people in the building that can tell me the truth. And I think that's really important because I don't want this to be a place where I don't get the truth from our guys. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show.
1: You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
0: The Cleveland Browns, Avocados from Peru and Meyer want you to enter the ultimate football sweepstakes for your chance to win a 2023 Ford Lightning electric pickup truck, a VIP tour of Cross Country Mortgage Campus or a $1,000 Meyer gift card. Visit your local Meyer at clevelandbrowns.com slash avocados. Join us next Thursday night from seven to eight as we move back to our regular Thursday night time slot and broadcast live from the Brew Garden in Middleburg Heights. Stop by, meet one of the players and enjoy great specials on Bud Light all evening long. That's that's right, Rod. We're hitting the road next week. Back to the oh, remotes for the it, Kevin huh? Stefanski Show, getting ready for week one. All right, just kind of take us into your mind as a player here. The 53 is done. You're on this team. You got a couple days of practice, and you're going to have a little bit of a weekend. Then you come back next week ready to work. What's kind of the mindset? What should people be focused on?
2: Uh, you should be focused on your opponent and also making sure that you are doing the right things to stay on the, on the squad because there's no guarantees for some of these guys that they're going to still be on the 53. You're exactly right
0: about that. Not only will we be on the road next Tuesday, Cleveland Browns Daily is going to be on the road. I'm sorry, next Thursday for the Kevin Stefanski Show. Next Tuesday, Cleveland Browns Daily will be broadcasting live from the Buffalo Wild Wings in Aurora. Tuesday, September the 5th from 1 to 3 p.m. Special guest Greg Pruitt will sign autographs on site from 2 to 3. Visit the Cleveland Browns Facebook page to learn more so the Browns initial 53 is set again tomorrow waivers will run anybody who was cut that is still on their rookie deal can be claimed by noon practice squads will be set at one the Browns left some people to put on IR to get ready for the 2023 season for Gerard Cherry I'm Nathan Zagura thanking you for listening to the Kevin Stefanski show all along the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network
1: You've been listening to The Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. Join us next week at this time for more from the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. <laughs> You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.